Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, now living in beautiful Beijing. And today with me is Alex from the cold, beautiful Dongbei. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, for the intro. Hello, everybody. I am Alex Sure, I am proudly representing the cold and the beautiful and the soon-to-be-more-prosperous Dongbei, uh, northeast part of China. I am here in Beijing, just like Jason today. And we're talking about different places that we can go to on the episode find us where you get your podcasts if you like the show then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars suggestions comments anything you would like to share email us at we love the bridge at gmail.com we love the bridge i'm actually really excited because i'm going to be a tourist so louis vuitton or i'm gonna mispronounce this moet hennessy aka all put together lvmh the largest luxury goods provider in the world according to an article by cnn on january 27th of this year by the same name cheers the spectacular (laughs) return of chinese tourists we take a deep dive to examine the global game of winning over the hearts of the world's largest tourist base who will win over Chinese travelers. So, you know, what I find really interesting is my wife and I, until the pandemic, we had spent maybe every year going to one beach, beautiful place. We've been to Boracay. Nice. We've been to Penang. We've been to uh, different islands in uh, Thailand. This year is our first year. We're going to mm-hmm. Senya. We already booked the hotel for eight days in beautiful Senya in China. Wow. I think I think this is a symptom that a lot of Chinese folks are going to be traveling more domestically. There is a lot of international money to be made. Where are people going to go? What do you think, Alex? I think Northeast. So, sorry, Northeast. Keep talking about Northeast. <laughs> Dome. Everybody goes. Of course, they're all going to. Dome. Well, before I get to the real answer to that question, Dongbei was a really popular travel destination for Chinese New Year. A lot of people I knew went to Mm -hmm, Dongbei. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, my friend Kyle just came back from Dongbei. He just went on a sort of an Mm -hmm. impromptu trip to Harbin a couple of days ago. So Dongbei is very popular, but Mm -hmm. internationally, I think a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I know for Mm -hmm. a fact that a lot of people did go to Southeast Asia. Asia during the past two months. And I don't know if you mm. saw the videos that when people, mm-hmm. when the plane landed carrying Chinese tourists to Thailand and I think the Philippines, there were people, mm-hmm. workers, you know, like airport workers, staff lining up at the exit with mm-hmm. flowers and cameras. And of course, local media wow. has to report that, but they were really welcoming mm. the, the return of the Chinese tourists. That's fantastic. You know, I know that uh, Thailand specifically has an enormous amount of uh, Chinese tourists all every year, up, I guess up until the pandemic. So their economy must be very linked to Chinese tourism. I, I've yeah. been there uh, as a as a tourist mm-hmm. and actually my wife uh, booked us a Chinese tour package. So we went to this hotel and everyone in the hotel was Chinese except me, basically. <laughs> and we were. I just remember being, my wife was swimming in the pool and I was writing some notes in a book by the pool because I'm mm-hmm. less swimming me and more nerdy. And <laughs> I, I said to my wife, you know, in Chinese, uh, Lao Beijing, Lao Ba, everyone there like turned and looked. It's like the Lao Wai speaks Chinese. <laughs> this is so weird. The Lao Wai speaks <laughs> Beijing. <Yeah. laughs> so I want to talk about this company really fast, LVMH. Yes. Apparently they, I didn't know this until I was doing this research, but they control every luxury. Hermes, yes. Celine Dior. Uh, S- uh, what is that? Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said it Sorry. together. Can I say that wrong? No. It's different. Yes. Celine, yeah, Dior, I know. Krug. I don't even know what this... I don't even know what half of these companies are, but they're like very high-end luxury brands. There's, there's more than I could list here. Our, let's just say on money. It's not our money. On money. Out of money. Yeah, so they, they, control, they control a great deal. And they are really excited about the possibility of Chinese tourists returning. I want to go over some data because Jason is a boring guy. In 2014, Ch- Chinese tourists spent $165 billion abroad, yeah. uh, eclipsing the United States, which spent $110 billion for American tourists. No other country spent as much in 2014 as China did. And China spent about, I guess, a a third as much more than the United Mm. States. And by 2017, China spent $257 billion abroad, 
almost double the United States, which is number two, and about quadruple Germany, which is number three. So we're, when we're talking about who's going to win over Chinese tourists, we're talking about who's going to win the largest market for tourists. Like, this 2018, just to keep playing the point, China, 277 billion, United States, 144. So double again, mm-hmm. again, about three or four times as large as Germany. And then, of course, the pandemic brought all of that to an end. Locally, yeah. and you were talking about during the Chinese New Year, we went from last year, the amount of trips during Chinese New Year, the largest annual migration of people, 1.1 billion trips. And in 2023, 2.1 billion trips. So we're talking about yeah. double what happened last year. So yeah, tourism is on the rise. Chinese folks are ready to go out and spend a ton of money on merch, staying at five-star hotels, international uh, destinations. Who's going to win their money? Where are they going to go? So you say Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think Chinese folks like to travel everywhere, all over the world, Antarctica and stuff. Yeah. I know know Chinese people personally who've gone there. So yeah. We have this friend who uh, she's a apparently a very we dance salsa together, but we don't really know mm. each other outside of salsa that well. But I think we found out that he she was a a very amazing photographer because during the Winter Olympics she was photographing Eileen Gu and other athletes, and mm-hmm. apparently she photographs other celebrities as well. And when she's not doing you know her photo assignments, she does like heavy bikes not the little bicycles she does like motorcycles like those really heavy motorcycles um i think this is probably three four months ago Mm. she's like oh finally things are opening up and i got finally got my visa to argentina and she just went to argentina stayed there for i don't even know how long and then when she she was in she was in peru Mm. she was in ecuador and then she went to a couple days Mm. ago she finally went to cuba Mm. but she's been on this like south like latin american trip Mm -hmm. for over almost two months the motorcycle diaries (laughs) i know i know and she's oh and she's having so much fun i'm so jealous looking at all of her pictures every day that she posts yeah i'd love to go to south america i want to go to peru for sure to go see the the ruins Wow. I know. It looks spectacular. Plus, I mean, they got llamas and they're just cute to look at. Or they can spit on you and you'll feel special. <laughs> I think you just have to not be rude to them. I think a lot of time animals in general are like disrespectful to humans when people don't treat them with the respect that they feel they deserve. That's true. Because, you know, they have personalities. I think you, if you're kind to animals, animals are generally cool with you. I mean, obviously, a hungry lion's going to eat you. Exactly. Always, <laughs> always respect and have a healthy amount of yeah, fear of yeah. wildlife. You're listening to The Bridge. I have a question for you personally, Alex, and you don't have to answer if you feel it's you could yes. just say Fifth Amendment. Do you stay five star hotels? Yes, you do. So bougie. <laughs> so do I. My wife is actually actually this trip we're taking is the last five star hotel I get to stay at for a couple of years. My wife was like, yeah. no more because we're planning on traveling all over China soon and we have to cut back to the three star yeah. hotels because I mean, it's a good compromise is really a four star hotel. <laughs> you know, they're still nicer um, and they could be. But there are a lot of like boutique hotels nowadays. And for example, in Shanghai, there's one hotel called Campanil. That's I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And it's in a really central location, but in a little uh, it, you turn the corner and you see the hotel. So it's still quiet enough. And um, it's not too expensive. I think it's 500 quad per night. Mm-hmm. When I say I stay at five star hotel, mm-hmm. it's my absolute dream to be able mm-hmm. to stay at a five star hotel for every trip that I make. But wow. for all kinds of reasons, the good and the, the right reasons, I don't always get to stay at five star hotels. But when I have a chance, mm. I do try to stay at a five star hotel. My question is this. When I choose a location, my biases are going to be different. So I want to ask you if in the next five to 10 years, if you could travel to like, let's say five places internationally, could you name five, I don't know, either cities or countries that you are interested in visiting in the next five to 10 years that just just a list of five what are the kinds of places that you alex are interested in going? cuba i'm definitely going to cuba first and foremost mm-hmm. um want to go to love to go to france because mm-hmm. um we have a couple of friends there and i just it's just paris i want to see the the real paris and the tv paris that's always interesting to <laughs> to witness you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i also want to go to so this counts on one destination okay because i want to list all of my 
nominees. Mm-hmm. In Nice counts as part of my French trip. Like, I just want to go to Nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw it in a, a reality TV show a couple of years ago and it just felt like a really mm-hmm. nice little town I want to visit. Um, other than that, I definitely want to go to Spain mm. for all of the food that I love. And then there is this guy that dances salsa on the, on the square in Madrid and I want to go dance with him and be on his YouTube channel oh, wow. uh, before I get too old. Um, then on top of what I said, uh, Cuba, France, uh, Spain. Spain. And then I do want to try to go to South Africa oh, yeah, just yeah. because. Yeah, I heard this is great just a random thing. Food and then because it reaches so close to uh, the South mm-hmm. Pole, I just feel like it's something that could be oh, yeah. interesting. Run for right? the ice. And then, <laughs> yeah, I know. Why not? And then I probably, I don't know where else. I mm. do want to go to Korea. Which Korea? Again, because, <laughs> because oh, South Korea, of course, because of the food. Hmm. I hear the beer in North oh, Korea is really good. Oh, I mean, if we get a chance to go to North Korea, why not? Right. But I do... Uh-huh. I think I just heard about the news of because uh, they were requiring a little bit more COVID tests and whatever to for Chinese travelers to go into. But that policy just changed. And I do have a wedding, mm-hmm. uh, my best friend's wedding on March 4th that I want to attend. So mm-hmm. we'll see if I can get the the visa in time for me to at least check off one of my travel destinations from the list for mm. the next five years. What are yours, Jason? I think mine are very different from most anyone's because Americans have a tendency to of staying in North America. I mean, there are a lot of people who are passionate about going to France, mm-hmm. I think, especially uh, young ladies, because they see it as a romantic place to go. But most American tourists travel to like go on a cruise, go to the Caribbean, Caribbean, go to Canada. Go to Mexico. Those are the primary destinations for North American tourists. Because I am an American living mm-hmm. in, living in Asia, my goals are somewhat different. Internationally, I have some biases too, but mine are really, really nerdy. See, I read this book called Provincializing Europe by Deepesh Chakrabarti, mm. where he talks about how Americans and Europeans have a Euro-American-centric viewpoint. And so oftentimes I think about that and deliberately choose not to go to North American and European destinations until after I finish the other six continents. I'm not, I'm probably not going to Antarctica. So my goal for me oh, would wow. probably maybe to go to South yep. Asia somewhere like a Sri Lanka, Pakistan, India, or uh, maybe I also want to go to Egypt to South Africa. So places there, oh, yeah, wow. or maybe Central Asia would be really fun for me and interesting. And eventually, before I can finally mm. go to Europe, I'd like to go to South America somewhere. I haven't really decided where because I don't, I mean, I know all the countries and the places, but I haven't really settled mm. on anything. So I think I'm kind of an, an outlier. Like if I was in a tourist, <laughs> they wouldn't know what, like AI wouldn't know what to do with me trying to figure oh, out where good I connection. Go. But I mean, my <laughs> own goals are not to travel internationally. I, I want to see China. So my goal is to see China. I guess oh, that's appropriate too. because I am a foreigner in China. It was a great opportunity for me to go uh, see the rest of China while I'm here. And hopefully I'll be here forever. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Americans who want to break out of North America, it's a, a London, Paris, Milan, yeah, Milan, uh, Rome, uh, that kind yeah. of, and maybe a lot of them are interested in uh, actually China and Japan and Southeast yeah. Asia also. Um, so yeah, uh, places where they're Hawaii. A lot of Americans like to go to their own country, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Uh, sorry, Hawaiians who believe in indigenous Ooh, Hawaii, but they want to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Um, hey, I, hey, I'm not trying to burn them. I, I feel for them actually. <laughs> I studied history because right now there's a lot of international complexity to Chinese relations with other countries who have not has been as respectful as I think that they should have been to China mm. in the last few years. I'm wondering, has there been, mm. is this changing the scope of the Chinese perspective on where they want to visit? Because there's been a lot of, you know, angst in maybe Australia or the United States and England specifically, these places especially, towards China during the pandemic. Is this affecting yeah. Chinese decisions yeah. about traveling abroad. Will this negatively impact, you know, Las mm. Vegas, for example? Are they going to see fewer Chinese tourists because of the politicians in America? And is that going to adversely affect the tourism industry? What do you think? First off, I think one thing that if you're in the business of tourism, you just need to understand the Chinese people have this just undying passion for traveling. And it's not like Mm-mm. it's not like when, for example, some young college kid 
watches it watches of a movie about Paris and they set their heart into Paris. Mm. For Chinese people, it's like if I can't go to Paris, where else can we go? Oh, <laughs> so we can't travel abroad yet during COVID. Um, they're like, okay, then we'll just travel domestically, and they still went on crazy traveling mm-hmm. spree. Mm. But I think I've always liked to think that the people of different countries, regardless of political differences and 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 disagreements, mm. is always are always going to be interested in learning or just seeing things that are different and then going to places that they know they would have fun. Mm. The only thing that they will be concerned about, honestly, is probably not so much what politicians are saying or some sort of like fastidious policies that are put in place mm-hmm. that may or may not affect how things are actually operated. But they are going to be concerned about safety, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has been, I think that is probably something that will sort of make some Chinese travelers think twice before they make the decisions mm. of going to the United States because of a lot of recent events yeah. uh, that that are very unfortunate. We've talked about this before as well on our show. Mm-hmm. The idea of whether someone could own a gun or, or things like that could just happen on a almost regular basis is very hard for a lot of Chinese people to comprehend. And even though statistically, it might not say anything too much about the safety in America because most people are still, you know, living safely and then mm-hmm. the tourists are usually okay. But still, just seeing that kind of news on me- on the media is going going to put a huge question mark on the decision they make about traveling over there to the United States. I feel two ways about this. Firstly, I want American, especially white American listeners to understand that the negative image that is seen abroad about how the United States looks with all of the violence, especially the anti-Asian violence, uh, for because I live here in China. Yes. But I also at the same time, I mm. guess this is a little selfish. I hope that Chinese tourists return to the United States. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. Too. It's not because I want America to benefit from the money of tourism, but I want more people-to-people exchanges to exactly. lower the tension, to create more interaction. If there's more, pe- if there are more Chinese people in America, more Americans in China, maybe we have a better chance of you know lowering tensions, increasing intercultural understanding, and whatnot. So I mean, I, I, I hate to say, hey Chinese folks, throw yourself in the danger of U.S. I know. current tensions, but I really wish there would be a rush of Chinese folks going to America so that people in America could see like, hey, this this is a Chinese person. They just want to drink and gamble. Or I mean, I'm just talking about Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm not talking about they love drinking no, and gambling. <laughs> but you know, if they, <laughs> or, if, or if they're in New York, they just want to see, you know, a play and have coffee in Soho or whatever. If they go to Los Angeles, oh, they want to go to the beach. I just yeah, look, they want to take pictures of everything, isn't it? Yeah, lovely? I just yeah, I just want them to see. <laughs> they want yeah, a yeah, photo of themselves yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger the imitator guy, or maybe you know, I want the I I exactly. just want. Yeah. I want a normal American people to see Chinese people as, you know, normal other human beings, which they are. And if we could increase people to people exchanges, that'd be really positive. I mean, I do think that the opposite has happened, that the uh, tension has maybe, like you mentioned, uh, made it difficult, given Chinese people pause about wanting to go to the United States because, yeah. hey, it's, it is a little bit dangerous. Not, not dramatically. I think statistically it's an anomaly that these things happen. But, you know, you see it in the media a lot that these things are happening. And so, yeah, there's there's like, do you do you really want your yeah. you know, son or daughter going off to America? Like, you know, what what might happen based on, you know, your perception of how things are going? I have had this conversations with friends, you know, who think about mm. who are thinking about either pursuing uh, a further study in America or people who have lived there before thinking about maybe we could try living there again and stuff. But mm. really, we do think about if you're living there, that's a much longer period of time and people do get more concerned about safety. And we were talking about how we didn't think about any of that. Mm. We were in the mm. United States in like 2012 to 2015 to 2018. We're not like scared of stuff, even with, you know, some major disaster or or, or catastrophic events that happened during mm-hmm. that time period we're not like oh we're not safe you know we don't think we're not safe but in recent years it's it, that kind of mentality mm-hmm. really changed and i hope that there could be more effort being put into making people realize that it's still you know as tourists it's still safe to go but again i understand everybody's going to feel a certain type of way we feel okay like if i could go on a mm-hmm. trip to america right now i would probably go because i've lived there and i understand the the scope of things mm-hmm. 
with or without the media coverage of it. But for people who have never been to America, I think that's the crowd that is the most affected. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about if you're a proper bougie and, you know, you're going to stay in a five star hotel, <laughs> you're probably safe. If staying in a five star hotel, you're probably in the right district of the city and, you know, taking cabs around or whatever. Yeah. And, and going to like you're in New York, you're, I guess you're going to uh, see a play. You're probably safe. You're not in a place where, you know, danger can happen if you avoid mm. the right. Uh, areas if you're you know if you're but if, if you're a regular person maybe and you just you're on a normal like a budget and like you're not staying in a nice hotel yeah and you don't know your way around there is a potential for uh, hazards but i mean i guess you get that in most places around the world so i mean my question i guess would be this then mm -hmm. how can international destinations win over Chinese tourists. You're uh, Chinese, so can you tell us what you think? What would entice the, your typical Chinese tourist to come? I think, first off, for the travel destination, just be yourself. Chinese people will go. But if you do want to, if you do want to put something in place to make it more appealing to Chinese tourists, I will say that airfare would be something that's a huge deal. Mm. If you could find out a way to give Chinese tourists sort of a, a discount. Package. Yeah, deals. package deals or make their trips a little easier. Of course, that'll be a huge perk that will make uh, them think. Like a shuttle service. Yeah, something like, um, or like, you know, tickets, combination, discount. And if you travel in this during this time. You just read my wife's entire life. Every time we take a trip, she finds some <laughs> weird package deal. At the, at the, may I tell a story? Yes, please. Because this goes exactly what we're talking about, packaging everything together. She got us this great trip to Boracay. Uh -huh. We got to stay in a very nice hotel, swimming pool, complimentary breakfast, you know, access to the beach, near a golf course, all this stuff, lights included. At On the very last day on the way to the airport, uh -huh. we had to stop and get out in this like, I don't know, it was called a museum. But it was like there was a picture of like nice treasury things. And yeah. then we were led into a room where we were made to wait for a few minutes before someone came in and tried to sell us mattresses. Oh, no. And I, I was like, this is the discount. This is we're being, you know, co-opted to, to yeah. try to buy this mattress thing. And so, yeah, they, fortunately, for, is it, which was a bad strategy by the tourism company. Mm. This place was literally next to the airport. So ah. me having... Being completely uncouth and having no manners, I was like, let's go to the airport. Yeah. So we got up and left and we had our tickets already. So we just went to the airport and got on the plane. We skipped out on like what gets them there, you know, their, what got us our discount. Was that a few years ago? Or was that recent? That was 2019. I'm guessing October uh, or November. Uh, I can't remember exactly when, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was everything was cool about the whole trip. And, you know, even the tour until the last part, until that last. And I'm also worried. Yeah, they my wife is very susceptible to advertise <laughs> I don't want to come home with a mattress it's totally true on, so, oh on my god air. summer is the smartest most amazing brilliant technologically capable person that can fix anything <laughs> if you if you have a shiny thing and it says discount <laughs> summer's like I want me wants yeah. it the government has cracked down on that kind of uh, organized you know the the package tours oh. a, a lot in recent years it used mm. to be a problem not anymore but I'm a, a Here's my my problem. I'm not a very obedient person and I don't like it when people arrange my mm. itinerary and mm. I don't like to wake up early in the morning. Mm. So I will sacrifice some of the convenience and comfort just so that I can have full control. Yeah, of that's my how schedule I feel yeah. when I'm traveling. Right. Um, but like back to what you are asking me, uh, come to think of it. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple of things. They might be smaller, but mm -hmm. at least it has made me want to go back to places that I went uh, international travel destinations because of the convenience. Here's one thing. Mm -hmm. The SIM card situation is always going to be mm -hmm. annoying if you have to change buy a local yeah. sim card change it and then you can get reception especially nowadays with so much information and so many uh, key items being on our smartphone that needs um internet connection it'll be really a huge pain yeah if you have to go through a couple hours when you first mm -hmm. land at in that country and you have no reception, you have to buy a card and then change it and all of that. So if you can, if there is a way to work with China to have roaming services available in that country or like a good package deal International for roaming. your data in that country, like people don't need to make phone calls anymore, really, because exactly emergency calls are always available. And then as long as we have international roaming data at a reasonable price. That'll make it easier for people that are like my parents. They're definitely going to want to go to a place where they don't have to 
communicate with the local mm-hmm, vendors mm-hmm. to get a SIM card. And that's a lot of, you know, that's going to be really challenging mm-hmm. for them technologically. So and then that takes me to my second point. Mm-hmm. That'll be really helpful, mm-hmm. which is some sort of Chinese help that's available for because a lot mm-hmm. of our, I think parents like our parents, especially people of my generation our parents are more of them are in the city they have the yeah 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 you know they have the fund they have the time to really go abroad yeah. to travel but a lot of them can't really speak english you know if you could have someone there just make sure that it's like even one or two people um even though they're they're resourceful but still having the person there is going to make them feel much better at ease what about like a dedicated hotline, hotline I, th- I think just having a real person there is going to be mm. is going to make a difference this because this is what my mom did when she visited me in the united states when i was doing my master's degree she was flying here the last time she went to the states was 2017 she had to fly alone because my dad couldn't get too many days off from his work so my mom was gonna spend a couple more days with me first and then my dad was going to join now my dad speaks like maybe like a couple words in english and with his mm-hmm. body language and you know him just trying to describe things people may be able to mm-hmm. understand a little better my mom didn't really speak a word of english when she traveled from mm-hmm. china to the united states what she did was when she got on the plane she realized there was a the person sitting next to her is also was also a graduate student studying in America. My mom just held on to this hard little girl for every form she had to fill out for every question the flight attendant was asking. When they passed custom, my mom was like, what do I do? Like she was and then she was not shy about it at all. She was just like, you are where just help me. Just do it. Just help me. Show highs on Yeah, something like that. Like <laughs> Like you you tell me what to do. And the person was very yeah. nice. And I've done that for other Chinese parents when I'm flying mm. alone as well. So I know if you have someone that do that does speak their language, it's going to make them feel so much better mm. when they're traveling. Now that's a great idea, actually. So two big ideas that you had are international roaming. Yes. And the other one is dedicated mm-hmm. communication help. Those are good ideas. Actually, I, I was mm. I'm surprised. You know, I hope there are the right people listening because those are really really good ideas. I think yes, it's going to make you money. Believe what I say. Oh yeah. You're listening to the bridge. Slightly more sensitive question for you, because I know about the examples kind of a little bit, but I don't know in detail. And I think you probably know better. Can you think of recent examples where Chinese consumers, you know, in mass kind of turned away from a brand because of anything, any reasons? That I you can mean, think? <laughs> I mean, we did we did all witness the whole H&M withdrawal. What did they do? I don't rem- I actually don't know much about it. Could you tell us a little bit about what happened? Why did people turn away from H&M? Um, this is when kind of. Oh, it's because there's a boycott on cotton or something, yes. right? Yes. Oh, right. I do know. Yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think there are H&Ms around. <laughs> I was looking for one recently because I used to like their T-shirts. But yeah, I went. They're still they're still around, I think. But it's just there I, are fewer outlets that before i think so i think so mm-hmm. but also because there are other brands that are of similar concept and quality that have become up and coming and people have more options you know they're no longer kind of monopolizing yeah. the fast fashion market in china anymore but still it's when brands get overly kind of yeah yeah um, yeah political that always gives people and it's not a good idea you know yeah so i'm an american when i think of america i may have a very different concept about where do Chinese tourists, the largest tourist base in the world by far, where do they want to go? So uh, when you talk to other Chinese folks, mm-hmm. obviously different people want to go to different places, but what are some of the key three to five like places that people really want to go see in America? For Chinese tourists? Yeah. I mean, Las Vegas, definitely one of them. Ah, see, I was right. <laughs> Las Vegas. So people think about Las Vegas and people want to go to New York. You see a lot of Chinese tourists in New, New York, York just yeah. because it's New York. I I mean, regardless of yeah. anything happened, I doubt New York will ever change in, at least in my heart, mm. what, what, what it represents, what it means. Mm-hmm. So if people want to go to New York, of course, whether they go back, that's a different, mm. different story. <laughs> the revisit might not happen, but the first visit is definitely something that a lot of people want to do. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, a lot of people want to go to Washington, D.C. because it's the capital. Oh, but yeah. I know D.C. is not a, the same type of tourist destination like other cities. I want you to finish this list, but I also want to add a piece of information 
information. Friend of the show, Morris yeah. Sway, he told me that he had a trip to Washington, D.C. specifically with his family to go see Washington, D.C. And this was about five or six years ago. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, mm. why? And, yeah. And why he was like, go to DC? <laughs> he said it reminded him of the way that he thinks about ancient Rome and that the buildings were colossal in shape and the layout of the city was uh. dramatic and it gave you the the feeling of it being you know the literal definition of awesome it's like yeah you feel oh wow this is really set up in such a way that you feel the yeah. the power that they, they they built into the structure and i never yeah. had thought about it that way I, I always just thought oh this seems like a, a collection of museums to me you know like sure i'd like to see yeah. a bunch of museums but like yeah. the way that he described it to me really changed my perspective on it but you were making a list and you had gotten las vegas new york city and york, washington dc washington dc and then there's the obvious one jason you should know the obvious one the super I, I obvious know. one i don't want to i don't want to bias the closest wanna... part to the closest part of the united states to china Hawaii. Of course, people want to go, but Hawaii, because it's a little more uh, expensive and it's very mm. kind of exclusive when you go to Hawaii, you're in, you're, you're just in Hawaii. You can't, you know, it's not like, oh, you take another three hour flight, you're from New York to DC. It's probably not as popular, but it is something that people constantly talk about. And it just has such a, an exotic name in Chinese as well. So it sounds Less like America sounds like more just something that's mm. there on its mm. own. And then another, I think another place is that people do. I know that Los Angeles, everybody knows the Los Angeles Lakers. A fun story, because I took my boyfriend to back to my family, this Chinese New Year. Right? And the people in my Chinese, in my family don't really uh -huh. speak English. My cousins, I've never, I've known them my whole life. I've never heard them speak a word mm. of English. And um, when my boyfriend showed up. My cousin, he was walking in front of us, uh, one of my cousins, uh, and then he just stopped and turned around and he just looked at my boyfriend in the eyes and he said, Lakers, LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. And my parents like, oh, he speaks English. He's like, no, he doesn't. He just knows those words because he watches basketball wow. religiously. Um, but so people do know a lot about Los Angeles. They know that there's Hollywood and there's the beach and stuff. But I actually don't know if it's more touristy or it's more of a destination for international students. Like I know a lot of Chinese Los kids. Los Angeles? I know a lot of Chinese kids go to school in Los Angeles or California mm. in general. But a lot of mm. them are in like UCLA, USC, yeah. you know, all of those big schools over there. So I remember uh, when I was uh, looking for PhDs, finding out that UCLA admits roughly 10 times as many PhD candidates as UC Berkeley. And I was like, Wow, the campus must be gigantic or something. Yeah. Like, how can they admit so many PhD students? Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to talk about an article. This is from January 27th, CNN.com uh, 2023. China's reopening isn't all good news. It sounds Ooh. bad. It's like one of those, what's going to cut at what cost articles. <laughs> but then it says inflation could get a second win. And I think that is, that may be a little bit fair. Mm. I think in China, we didn't get the inflation, you know, which was one, one of the They're really not nearly as bad as the or anywhere. Like did the whole world was like skyrocketing egg prices and stuff. Yeah, and China, and China was like normal. We had less than three percent inflation for the last three or four years yeah it's it's something that we, we noticed but it's not something that bothered us you know like the avocado went from 16 <laughs> to 19 but you know it's three quiet i can i can handle i mean it. that's actually normal two to three percent interest year on year all the time forever that's like normal so china exactly. didn't have that at all and the rest of the world especially the west and a few countries in particular because of economic reasons like turkey had just insane inflation mm. and americans have been you know suffering at nine percent inflation for the last couple of years consecutively. Yeah. And so I think there's a worry that it seems natural that with Chinese consumers maybe buying more things that it might have a knock-on effect on inflation. I'm not mm. so sure that's going to be the case because uh, the way that the Chinese economy works, it's got this thing called dual circulation economy. Mm. A lot of Chinese consumers are now buying 
Chinese products because China is now the largest consumer market in the world and it's also the largest manufacturing market in the world. And with the logistics issues internally, China will just be buying most of its own stuff. But with a touch of, you know, international tourism, Mm. flooding back might, you know, kick up the cost of what do they call luxury goods. And so the cost of a gold watch or something is going to increase. And this is a good thing because this means that GDP growth and economies that attract Chinese tourists will improve. And so I think (laughs) as an American, and I'm looking at my fellow Americans, be welcoming. Hey, let the Chinese tourists come back. This is going to help the U.S. economy. Look, I think I think the American people are or at least majority of American people are very Hmm. friendly and open and nice. And this is what we're saying is with you know, with main, like kind of mainstream media ideas and people who are critical towards China are people who like watch those news who are like, oh, I want to see what news media is talking about <laughs> this country I've never been to. Yeah. And then I don't know anyone who's from there, you know, really. No, seriously, I'm sorry for that voice, but that's kind of the case. That's like someone who's never been to America trying to just, just give a whole speech and telling people to make decisions about America when they've never even sat on the land of it. And we've said this so many times when people actually travel to, for example, I have friends who are a little younger, they're a little more adventurous. And of course, they're not going to go with the conventional popular destinations to travel to in America. They instead went to, for example, like Austin, Texas, Houston, Texas, North Carolina, all of these places. When they went, they were like, yeah, people have an accent that we don't really know about prior to coming here, but they were very nice. And they're just genuinely curious about where you come from how do you live your life how do you like our city and then the same part would you like to try this food so people who don't you know i think most of the people are just living their daily lives and that's what they want to see that's the real fun part of traveling and i think a lot of young people Mm -hmm. could see that the ceo of lvmh going back to him bernard Arnault, he says, quote, we have every reason to be confident and indeed optimistic on the Chinese market. And I've already covered this with uh, some other shows where uh, the IMF has put Chinese growth for 2023 at 5.4% expected growth. And uh, there's a lot of optimism that the Chinese economy is going to be exploding. So Mm. I I really, and also the same article by CNN in Macau, where Chinese can now travel uh, to the change is quite Mm. spectacular. Stores are full. It's really uh, come back at a very strong pace. Yeah. You know, luxury consumption in economies around the world has a knock-on effect because the employees of a Louis Vuitton store, for example, they go out and spend money elsewhere and they have more people working more hours. So again, because China is the largest tourism market, mm. that it's important that nations try to get a slice of that. And I think Thailand's going to do fantastically because there's their proximity. And I think Chinese people love going to Japan, right? So yes, my mom actually went. Probably a positive knock on effect there. I've already been twice, so I kind of feel like uh, I'm going to have to wait, you know, until I visited some other countries to go back. But uh, yeah, the food is spectacular, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, my mom went right before COVID hit. She went on a she went on a cruise. All she did was they they did like they kind of just went did a like in and out real quick kind of trip to Japan. But on the cruise, there was a lot of cruise. Yeah, like it's a short cruise from I forgot where was the departure location. But on the cruise, there were so many like duty free items. And my mom. Oh, I see. mom just went crazy. Can I ask you about that? Because I've always had an aversion to cruises because like it feels like Mm. you're just in a hotel you can't leave. Like what is your feeling about cruises, Alex? Oh no, Jason. Let me tell you about the cruise trip I took in 2013 from Miami. I'm back to Miami. Of course, it's just a cruise trip. So usually the cruise trips include the part where you're sailing and then the part where you're not sailing when you're docking right when you're docking you get a day um Mm -hmm. to do excursions or you can just go on the beach yourself or wherever it depends if you're doing an alaskan Mm -hmm. cruise trip then you'll probably like basically you'll be going on and off the cruise all the time you're not going to be on the boat the whole time Mm -hmm. on the cruise ship the whole time and then when you are indeed on the cruise ship 
you are provided with this is my experience there the certain packages might be different but because you're all mm-hmm. kind of encapsulated in this space they're not going to make differences when it comes to what's paid and what's not paid because you don't want people to fight on a cruise ship um mm-hmm. and there's no escape okay so no escape right like, yeah, that's that was yeah you came back around to where i was coming from. i know exactly. so go on go on <laughs> so usually the cruise ship packages include your food uh-huh. on the cruise because you won't really have a uh, wi-fi reception it's hard to i was paying a hundred dollars for seven days to just get wi-fi connection because i am such wow. a hopeless millennial and i can't live without the internet but a lot of people go on the cruise and they just disappear for seven days you know um so paying and everything especially now with mobile payment is going to be a little uh, tricky so they will include your food even your drinks and all of that um and then in the states people will probably put their credit card on deck on tap so that they could just charge it if anything if any transaction did happen the cruise ship that i went on so there's like big shopping halls and stuff it's not a big shopping hall but they're is a shop with like a lot of jewelries, accessories, uh, clothing items, and you know, different things all duty free. And when you're on that, you're just like, okay, it's fun to buy stuff, right? Because on Uh-oh. on top of buying things, <laughs> <clears throat> it's therapeutic to 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 buy stuff. Okay, it's not a good mentality. Uh-huh. Don't follow that. But okay, <laughs> there are also the following things you can do on a cruise ship after a formally mm-hmm. served dinner, you know, three course meal every day yeah. with like really nice serving staff also who also do performances, singing and dancing. You can go to their different clubs on a cruise ship. OK, mm-hmm. there are clubs for adults and they're usually a club for kids mm. so that the songs are more appropriate and there's no alcoholic <laughs> drinks provided to kids. But they can still have a good time rocking out to music mm. on a cruise ship. And then there is like show every night. It's either a magic show or acrobatic show, whatever it is. It may vary from. That sounds so dangerous. Acrobatic show on a, a <laughs> platform that's rocking slightly. It's not rocking. It's OK. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. um, it feels it really just feels. <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're on the ground and then they also have like you are not into loud music and dancing to the music you have like bars in the lounge yeah. kind of place where you just they have like starbucks there i don't remember but i wouldn't i really wouldn't be surprised if they had a starbucks on deck every day because it makes so much sense mm. and then um you can always go to the deck the jacuzzi is on 24 7 <laughs> the hot jacuzzi amazing experience on a cruise ship i would love to go back on a cruise ship any given time to say alex let's go on a cruise wow i will say yes alex loves cruises remember this i, I had no idea <laughs> but i don't know i like the idea of being see i am very fickle so, okay you were mentioning earlier about um you don't want to have your tra- travel uh itinerized for yeah. you that's kind of my feeling i mean i'm not trying to diss cruises maybe i'll go on one actually i was thinking about going on one from Chongqing to Wuhan one time. Mm -hmm. But, um, so like a river cruise. But the reason I'm reticent about it is when I'm in a hotel, I get really like flighty and like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here all day. And then like two hours later, it's like, let's go out. Yeah. So if I'm on a cruise and like I want to go out, there is no out except in. And that makes me feel contained or something. For example, the the cruise that I was on, we were docking at uh, six different places Mm -hmm. in the entire trip. Right. So basically five of those days every morning when the cruise ship docks, for example, we we, we stopped at Honduras. We stopped at um, wow. Cayman Island. So we're all wow. when 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 it docks, you are out for the whole day. Like you could do whatever you want. You get to add a whole bunch of countries to your list really fast. Exactly. Actually, I kind of do like that idea now that you put it that way. Wow. Yeah. And then they have organized excursions where it's like a guided tour you can go with them and they'll introduce you to all of the local legend stories folklores and interesting sites and artists like artifacts stuff bring me to the barbecue yeah or exactly (laughs) for example i forgot which place it was i don't really remember because all i did was i left the cruise ship i went to the beach i just lied down for like i was just there for i think three hours and then i went back on the cruise to have Mm. lunch and then i came down again so it's just it's actually more free than what people think like oh you're just going to be floating on the sea for for five days it's not like that well thank you for clarifying that because actually you broke a lot of my Mm. misconceptions and you know one of the things i have as a goal is to travel to many countries so way to travel to like five countries in seven Mm. days that's pretty cool to me yeah exactly and then you kind of get a it's like a 
back in, I think, early 2000s, this package tour was really popular in China. A lot of people were, if you say this three word, three characters together, people would nod and say, yes, yes, yes. It's called Xin Ma Tai. It's like, and you're like, oh, what's Xin Ma Tai? Xin Ma Tai. Everybody's talking about Xin Ma Tai. So it's this kind of like fixed traveling routine for Chinese people. It's Xin is the, the first character in the Chinese name of Singapore. Ma is for Malaysia. And then Thai is for Thailand. So people were going to these three countries all together because, you know, mm-hmm. you sort of can squeeze in mm-hmm. the, the most interesting or the most popular uh, spots in a couple of, couple of days so that people didn't have to spend too many time, too many days, you know, they didn't have to take too many days off work or spend too much money. Yeah. And you go to different countries, sort of mm-hmm. three countries in, a, in one trip or those, uh, they would do seven days, 10 European countries kind of uh, package tour as well. And wow. it was popular between China, among Chinese people too. I, I like that idea for a trip or two, but I also think, okay, for example, mm. I went to the Philippines and I stayed in Boracay. I think we were on two or three islands the whole time we were there. I have many Filipino friends and they were like, they said this, I'm not exactly sure the accuracy. Yeah, They said there are 10,000 islands. So I mean, I totally love the idea of hitting a whole bunch of countries and I would love to take a trip just like what you're talking about. But on the other end, I also like the kinds of trips where you're just traveling around inside one country because there's always so much, even in a tiny country like South Korea, for example, there's a lot to see. And, you know, you you would want to travel around a lot just to see all the variety of kind of stuff that they have. And it's also just the idea of being in a different country that gives me different energy when i was in serbia yeah, yeah. Uh, before the, the different money feeling yeah the different, the different cost, the language the different exactly yeah the clothes yeah and i was just okay with staying there you know i was i, was, I wasn't doing anything mm. i wasn't trying to go to all of these mountains or whatever lakes and and it was mm. mostly just walking around to whatever we could walk to we were walking around and yeah. you know and then i was uh before my friend was able to join me from from belgium i was like spending a couple of days on my own and i was just just like going to coffee shops or just looking for coffee shops and i would just sit in coffee shops mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was already that alone was good enough for alex alex is a very simple person like i don't need a lot you know i tried that and i got so much flack so we went to when we were in boracay the very first day we arrived mm. i was like my wife and i took a, a car down from the hotel we were on like a kind of a hill and we got to the beach it's called white beach it's it's i can't even describe it it wouldn't believe it it looks better than it looks yeah. in a movie it, better than a photo it was a, it was amazing and the very first thing i was like oh look there's a starbucks can we go in there and she's just like facepalm what is wrong with you jason <laughs> you come to like maybe one of the most beautiful places on earth and your immediate instinct is to go to starbucks <laughs> i want starbucks i will yeah i mean but i this i am kind of with you like there are the kind of we talked about this uh international franchise you know, it does give people a sense of not safety, but you're like, okay, I'm in a new place. I don't speak their language and I might be a little intimidated or I might be a little hmm. unsure of what to do. But if there's a McDonald's or Starbucks, <laughs> at least I know the food I get there is going to be okay. You know, the hmm. coffee, I can order my coffee. Everybody knows what grande latte is and I'll be okay. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of do that with Indian food, actually. You know, I'm a big fan of some Indian dishes. And what's great about Southeast Asia is they have a mix of like, like Japanese food, Southeast Asian food, Chinese food, Indian food. Yeah. And so I always, at least one time on a trip in when I'm in a Southeast Asian country is go find one Indian food restaurant yeah. and try it out. And you know what? There's a lot of consistency <laughs> yeah. between like Indian food in Beijing, Indian food in like, you know, Thailand. It's like, oh, okay, this is pretty much. Oh, I thought you were making a pun joke. Uh, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with the Indian broth. You need to watch more cooking shows, Jason, so you can speak my wow, language wow. as well. You know, I, I love cooking, but I don't... My mom and dad taught me cooking, and then I worked in restaurants when I was young. So oh, yeah, you did. If I have a glance at, like, the ingredients, just a glance, and I don't even know every one of them, and then you say it's this, I could probably just Wow, make it. we should make a... We should have a, 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 a vlog episode of just trying to have Jason cook Chinese dishes that are very obscure. Well, uh, really, I guess... The last thing would be in talking about all of this, where do you think people are actually really going to go in the next year? In, in, the tw- in 2023, mm. where do you think, you know, based on your friends, where are people actually going? Where, where do you think, what are the big spots? Not just like, oh, everyone dreams of going to Paris, yeah. but like, where are people really going to be going? What do you think? I really think- Your friends. I really think it's Southeast Asia. It's really just going to be Southeast, Southeast Asia. Asia. Thailand. Woo. 
yeah <laughs> thailand philippines malaysia i really think it's it's that's going to be the immediate because again people are like oh we can travel now but it's still again like going to european countries it's just because of european countries or america or other continents it's, it just requires more time you know more time more planning mm-hmm. um but with these southeast asian countries for the reasons i said in the beginning of the show they it's mm-hmm. easier phone mm-hmm. service and easier like there are people that mm-hmm. speak your language i really think people are going to try to go to these countries or like including singapore yeah absolutely singapore and malaysia are like almost like a package deal yeah um you know uh, I think one of the really great things about Malaysia is that Malaysia is so Chinese friendly, you know, like, I heard. because there are a lot of Chinese folks in when I went there. It was amazing. Yeah. And what, what I found really cool was the intercultural connectivity of the place. Mm. We went to uh, Georgetown Island or something or P- Penang. And we went to a city called Georgetown that's on Penang Island. And I was like, are there temples here? And she's my wife, who knows a lot more about Malaysia. She used to be down there a little bit. Mm. She was like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be. You're in for a treat. So we went and literally you can walk down the the street and you'll see like an Indian temple for like, in, uh, you know, Hindu temple. And then next to it, there'll be a Taoist temple. And then next to that will be a Buddhist temple. And then next to that will be a Catholic church. And then next and then there's restaurants and shopping everywhere. And people are all friendly and you have people from everywhere all mixed up together. And mm. there's no like judgment or it's it's like it's like a, a way America advertises itself where like you just have all these cultures <laughs> actually getting along with each other in real life. Yes. It was, it's an amazing place to go. Yes, definitely. I haven't been there and I, I, I'm probably going to go in August because my friend, Ooh. my dear friend Alexa is getting married. There, She's traveling from the United States to Malaysia and she's getting married in Malaysia. So I'm probably going to go there in August. Does she need a power connectivity to go oh dude <laughs> sorry alexa sorry <laughs> maybe Jason. maybe the device yeah. was named for her <laughs> i've never actually heard of a human don't say her oh, name oh, don't oh, say oh, her oh. name it's gonna trigger hey, stuff. Wait, your name is your name is alex you're kind of like an alexa too <laughs> but alexa will not mistake some person saying my name with them calling alexa mm-hmm. and then the, the, the okay the frequency we've been saying alexa for the past two minutes have probably woken up a lot of alexa devices in other <laughs> people's homes <laughs> Alexa, lights off. Oh, sorry. Sorry no. about that. Oh, no, <laughs> listeners. Hey, guys, we have a favor to ask you. Um, we want to make sure that we can share the ideas that we share on the bridge, which belongs to you, by the way. It's not my show. It's not Alex's show. Mm-hmm. This show, The Bridge, belongs to you, the listeners. If you could put us on your social media and share an episode with your friends, we would really appreciate it. Let us be known by more people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, thank you so much for your time and have a lovely beautiful sunny day. Thank you, Jason. Go take a walk and enjoy your day too.